Hey guys, this is episode two of TurboCast. Welcome back to the cast. We're super happy to have you. Hope you've hopefully, hopefully you stuck around for a second episode because uh, we're going to be bringing more goodness to you, more fun, nerdy, geeky goodness to you. Um, this is obviously again our second episode, so please be kind. You know, we're just trying to get into the hang of this, and uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of cool things today. Um, we got, you know, our uh co-hosts here and zach and matt uh how you guys doing today hey good max thanks everybody for coming back i'm glad all the eunice talk last chat didn't scare you away i almost didn't make it after that i was like oh my god how much like, eunice i just i just can't podcast anymore after eunice talk it's just too much <laughs> i can't do it <laughs> it's just too much I'm That's so <laughs> we should change it from a turbo podcast to eunice cast oh we totally could <laughs> We could just talk about Eunice like every episode and how his interactions would be and different kind of comic universes, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode, Eunice and the Vertigo, you, oh my God, can you imagine? Oh, yeah, dude. I want Eunice in the Malibu universe. I want a Eunice and Prime crossover. Mm, only if it's dropped by uh, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the poor feet. Think of the feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, well we know that uh you know again we're we're podcasting from the safety of our homes as we social distance during this uh time of global you know pandemic out there and no one wants to get COVID 19 and and uh, end up like dead man so here we are and womp, womp. uh womp womp <laughs> um you know one of the things we probably want to talk about is like what the heck do you want to read? What the heck do you want to do? Like, if you're looking for something new to kind of like get into, uh, you know, while we're, you know, sitting here in our, you know, bedrooms and our living rooms with nothing to do. Um, I think one of the cool things we might want to talk about is just like, you know, what would be, you know, everyone has their favorite story, their favorite arc and maybe a comic book. Um, you know, but what are some good ones, you know, to get into, like, we're while we're sitting at home, like, with nothing else to do that maybe, you know, you could buy off Amazon, or maybe you can get digitally, maybe you can, you know, borrow from a friend if you're, you know, masked up and gloved up and, you know, with your hazmat gear on, whatever you want to do. But, you know, what are some good, what are, your, what are maybe two of your favorite story arcs, let's say, in superhero comics ever, you know, that people should read while social distancing? What do you think, Zach? Well, so the the first one I'm going to talk about uh, is for somebody. It's it's honestly not good if it's your first foray into Avengers comics. But if you've been <laughs> if you've been reading Avengers for a while, then if you haven't checked out Avengers Forever, which was written back in uh, I believe it was the end of '98 into '99, might have creeped into the 2000s. Um, written by Kurt Busiek and uh, Roger Stern and uh, drawn by uh, magnificent Carlos Paticcio. Uh This thing is a continuity lover's wet dream. Um, basically, <laughs> there, there's really no other way to describe it. Kurt Busiek is one of the penultimate uh, Avengers writers of all time. And he goes through uh, basically from the start of the Avengers uh, and then goes far out into the future with um, various characters um, pulled from all points in time. And I usually fucking hate time travel but this this story like you get kang you get amortis you get rama tut uh you get chronopolis you get all sorts of different time travel aspects built into it and then you get a ragtag team of avengers um you get uh captain america right after he found out president nixon was a traitor um you get the well, wasp. He took, him, took him a while to figure that out yeah you remember that like he, he shot himself a fucking president shot himself in a comic book can you imagine if they did that nowadays <laughs> uh, I, can. I can i can every yeah. day <laughs> uh, womp, womp. uh 
And uh, where was that? Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you also got Hawkeye. Um, sans any trick arrows. Sans his Goliath powers. Just uh, regular old Hawkeye. You also get Songbird from the Thunderbolts. And you get uh, full-on mental breakdown Hank Pym in Yellow Jacket mode. Uh, just mm-hmm. after he got married yeah. to the Wasp. Well, one of my personal favorite characters of all time. He's you know infa- infamously known for slapping his wife in a comic book. Um, but you get all those characters uh, compiled together, and uh, they basically have to join up with Rick Jones and the Kree Supreme Intelligence to fight uh, Immortus. And uh, hold on, I'm not going to spoil any of it here, but if you haven't read that yet, Avengers Forever, check it out. It's available in trade paperback. It's available in hardcover. Uh, you can get the single issues really cheap. Um, I got mine in a dollar bin, but you can get them online. Like eBay, you can get a buy it now for like 15 bucks on that thing. So not expensive, and it's a great read. Is it better so, than Operation Galactic Storm, though? Come on. <laughs> you, you know i know you're joking but the thing the thing is with galactic oh, no. storm it gave us one of the greatest what if sagas of all time like what if the avengers lost galactic storm because you get to see all that era of avengers like hercules crystal quicksilver like they all die brutal brutal deaths because of the shiar it's it's I, I love galactic storm but but you know that's a really great suggestion i think and, and forever though that's, that's yeah really no cool. it, yeah, I, I love me some love, love me some Kurt Busiek. What's your other one? Oh, you got to go to Matt. Oh, I got to no. go to Matt. You only got one. Oh, so you so we're just go gonna to say that you had you had Forever and then Operation Galactic Storm. That's your. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're just gonna kind of dovetail that right there, you know. I uh, I will accept that and or Acts of Vengeance. <laughs> okay, oh, there you go. Okay. Come on, Acts of Vengeance is classic. Yeah, it's really All good. right, what do you got, Matt? Well, how do I follow that up? I mean. <laughs> I really thought he was going to just talk about Atlantis attacks this whole time, but um, oh, I, well, I, yeah. We well, we'll get to you. We Don't could. worry. You, you guys keep playing with me on Atlantis attacks. One of these days, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm just going to fucking hijack this whole podcast <laughs> and do. We'll Atlantis just do an attack. entire cast about Atlantis attacks. How does that sound? Oh, cool? yes. what if Eunice was involved in Atlantis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the How, crossover. The what if? The what if? <laughs> that would be great. Um, <laughs> no, my pick's going to be um, a little different. I'm going to go with. Uh, fantastic four arc that i really enjoy that i think is um rated and flies under the radar a lot uh the unthinkable arc where you know we kind of focus on dr doom's uh more magical powers and his sorcery and his uh his past and setting up um you know dr doom is uh you know that uh sorcerer supreme that he could be you know kind of always it's always there but they kind of tuck it away and it kind of comes full for um right to the front in this uh, arc here. And so I think it's a really great, easy pickup too. You can usually find these, you know, this run used one dirt, you can, dirt cheap, dirt cheap, either on Amazon or probably at your local comic shop. They'll probably be happy that someone picked it up, but yeah, well, that's really, really fantastic. You know, Dr. Doom makes deals with demons, sacrifices his loves, and you just kind of see how he goes to such great lengths to try to, uh, get one up on the fantastic four and they do it in a way that's kind of rarely looked at. And it's a lot more personal than some of the other arcs that you get from him. So, um, unthinkable. That's, yeah, that's, a, sick, that's a sick story. Yeah. And just yeah. to, uh, if you like that one, I would also recommend triumph and torment by Roger Stern and Mike Mignola. If you like the mystical yeah. side of Dr. Doom. Yeah. One of the, one of the one best of stories ever. It, by far. It, it, it is. I think that's the one that we could probably all agree on is like our yeah. mutual favorite storylines that that book is absolutely oh. insane. Un- oh, unreal. Hands unreal. down. Yeah. And it's just something that's really cool about Dr. Doom. That's like 
kind of shuffled away at times. And so I really like when someone brings it out, like uh, especially, you know, the juxtaposition against Reed Richards, who's very scientific and, you know, he has a difficulty with that always. And having his old nemesis be able to beat him on two different fronts is kind of great. And, you know, and seeing doom, you know, really digging into like a different part of doom's past and at the, you know, just the person that he is, the great lengths, not just like the mysterious villain who's a doom not you know that's kind of like what yeah. you get with some older stories and kind of like filler stories a lot of times is that like you know it's doom. what do you guys what do you guys think that writers don't explore that aspect of doom more often it's hard yeah not a lot of people yeah. can do it i mean it, it, it's complex right you're getting into character motivations and you got to like draw the fine line between making them look like Oh, I guess an anti-hero vice, you know, an actual guy that, uh, I mean, he does, he does have bad intentions a lot of the times and he's driven by a lot of petty things. Uh, but you have to be careful not to let the the good side override that bad side. And I think that's hard for a lot of people to, to strike a fine line with like the, the noble bad guy, I guess, yeah. if you will, it's, it's something a lot of people struggle with. No, that's, that's, I think that's, that's great. Yeah. I think that's a really good, good way of putting it because doom is, you know, a lot of times he is an anti-hero at times, but I don't know. It's just something that always gets, you know, kind of shuffled away and it's unfortunate because it's a really cool aspect and it's really cool that it's, um, uh, in fantastic four, because a lot of times they don't handle the mystical as much. No, mm -mm. It's almost like, it's almost like they don't explore like that aspect of doom sometimes almost because it makes him OP. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like he's already like Reed Richards 2.0 in a lot of ways. But then you add the fact that he's also like Dr. Strange 2.0. It's like, holy crap, this is Dr. Doom, you know? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I think it just doesn't fit aesthetically with, um, you know, the Fantastic Four because everything's always science and family based. And, you know, in this Doom just murders his entire family to gain power. Yeah. And then, uh. You know, then he's using the mystical arts, which Reed Richards and none of them understand. So, you know, it's really a really traumatizing event. They use their children against them in it. Doom goes to so many links in it. And it's really cool just to see Doom as like a this uh, totally different aspect of him. And it's it's wonderfully written. And, you know, at the time when it came out, it was a fairly popular uh, series, but kind of faded away and doesn't get brought up much because there's so many great Fantastic Four stories as well. It's really hard to, you know, kind of throw throughout like a yeah know, 10 even top five i mean that's near impossible yeah. but some of the greatest stories ever yeah and know. i i love petty doom though like when he just tries to one-up richards that that's so much fun like when he delivered <laughs> when he delivered val like yeah yeah like it's just it's, it's yeah. one of those things i, I it's just like yeah he delivered your baby because you were i think he was like reed was fighting dr octopus at the time i think like just it's just something so petty but like it's just something doom does just to get a one-up on him because he he hates reed that much but they have that love hate too. Like there's a weird, like there's a weird, you know, where they were friends and, you know, like doom always helps out when there's the time when it suits him, you know, yeah, it's when it, whenever it's convenient yeah. for him, like it serves his yeah. interests and that's by, uh, Wade and was it Waringo? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, fantastic you know. art in it. Fantastic. I mean, everything's very cool about it. And if you're like the supernatural or, you know, anything, if you like that element, it's really great. And, or if you just like, you know, the family drama that you usually get with fantastic four, that's really brought up again in this, because I, this is the one where, uh, you know, the kids, they first, the first word they speak is doom. And it's a pretty much a curse that brings up a bunch of demons and they learn about all this 
you know, as it does. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like doom. It's great. Cause in doom has these best laid plans, you know, he's been, he's always conniving, you know, to one up Reed Richards in any way. It's amazing. And so, but it's just cool to see like a different, a sort of different uh, origin for doom. That's not yeah. usually explored. So what else my, you got? Um, I'm going to go with something a little bit more contemporary with after that suiciders. I don't know if wow. anybody okay. checked that book out. Um, yeah. That was only six issues for the main. And I think the spinoff was another six, but um, that's a really awesome Lee Berhimo uh, book about uh, post-apocalyptic California where an earthquake ruined everything and everything settled by uh, this gladiator combat. And it's super violent and super out there with fantastic art. Um, very, very violent. So it's very old school feeling. You know, you just got these guys that are like all in hand, just beating the living bejesus out of each other, you know, for entertainment. And yeah, that so, was a good, that was a good book, man. Yeah. And it really flew under the radar too. It's a, a book that kind of, I, I feel like got unceremoniously like ignored. So yeah, uh, I never read that one. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. It's a vertigo book. And I mean, it had like, you know, a lot of great names. I Bermijo isn't like a, a little dude. He, this was, no, uh, was this uh, after Joker? I think yeah, this was, it was. So, and, and, and that he, book is like, I mean, that book is worth picking up just for the covers alone. I mean, that's sick. Oh yeah. The covers are fantastic. And I mean, just the, you know, the, it's like, it's like a cheesy post-apocalyptic hyper-violent. Like it feels like you're reading something from the eighties future that, you know, is so fun at times where it's like cheesy, but also super brutal. So, and huh. It's only 12 issues, so you can get the main story and the second secondary story. You know, I believe they have it all in one now. Like the trade has it all together. Yeah, so. they do. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah, if you get if you're out there, if you're listening, yeah, these are all really great suggestions. Definitely get your hands on some of these things. I mean, these are things that are gonna pass the time for you when you're sitting around. Um, I had a couple, you know, one of them is um well, both of them are actually really close to my heart, but one of them has been closer to my heart probably for uh, you know, it's a, it's a, for, for a modern book for a little bit longer than, than most things, because it's the same linear narrative and it's been going on since about 2002. And that's basically just the BPRD series. I mean, yeah, this man. is a, oh, this, man. yeah, this is a series that, I mean, those of you that aren't familiar with Hellboy or BPRD, this is a series that's been going on since, uh, around 2002. I think it was a book called hollow earth. And it follows Hellboy's departure from the BPRD at the end of that Conqueror Worm story arc. So, and and I mean, this is a story. I mean, from 2002 until now, I think you know the Devil that You Know trade just came out, and that was you know the the wrapping up 2019 story arc. But it's the same linear narrative this entire time. And for really, I mean, I don't. You guys might know. That's all, I, I would have to assume almost that that's like the longest linear narrative, maybe in comic history. I mean, I mean, Cerebus, maybe um, you got Claremont and X-Men, but like for there to be just that same story arc, you know, throughout. It's been a long these, time. Yeah. It's been a long time. <clears throat> you know, and this is a book too, like, uh, you know, those of you that are, you know, familiar again with Hellboy, familiar with like this sort of, you know, history meets the occult meets, um, you know, just kind of paranormal activity all these different things i mean this is a book that you know again just 
it, once you start reading it, it's just absolutely fantastic. And there's been a, there's too many writers and there's too many artists that have been working on this book over the years. But I mean, there's been so many good ones, um, you know, just, and there's so many different trades out there for you to pick up. But I mean, if you want to, you can always pick up those omnibuses. And there's also, you could, you can visit um, a couple different websites online, like uh, hellboyfandom.com to find out the reading order for this. Um, but if you're into kind of darker stuff, if you're into kind of, you know, if you, if you're into Hellboy and haven't read this before, this is, you know, a no brainer. You got to get these oh, yeah. things. I mean, they're just absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think <clears throat> the other pick that I would make. Um, this is one that, you know, goes back quite far for me, I guess. And and this is one that um, I read as a kid and, and that I have, you know, a lot of really great memories of. And it's the Herald Ordeal from the Silver Surfer comics. Whoa, um, yeah, good choice. And I, I know you guys have read that. And, <clears throat> you know, this was a book that, um, you know, this volume of Silver Surfer was absolutely it was one of my favorite story runs ever. And this particular time frame of that story arc was uh, you had Ron Mars as the writer. You had Rod Lim as the, as the best. Yes. And I mean, that, that, duo right there, that duo right there. I mean, Ron, if you're listening, like, you know, well, both Rons really, you know, the Ron and Ron team was like, oh, man on point yeah. with that book, you know. And, you know, those of you that, that have ever, um, haven't ever, read that book it's essentially about you know th those of you who know who nova is not you know the nova that you might know from you know that's more popular nowadays um, with the nova core um but you know she was a, essentially a herald of galactus and um her and galactus essentially have a falling out and so galactus is about to eat a planet and there's a local executioner that's alive on the planet. He's not afraid to die. His name is Morg. And Galactus, like, you know, respects the fact that he's not afraid to die and makes him a herald. But Morg is just an absolute tyrant. And so it takes the collective um, unit unity of all of the former heralds of Galactus to, you know, bring down Morg. Um, and, you know, again, this is a fantastic story. Uh, if you're into, you know, space, comics like silver surfer stuff cosmic comics i mean this is it this is this is the way to go why do you guys think galactus has a problem with his heralds like is he just not meant for long-term relationships or like what's his problem i think I it's because i could oh go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it's a lot like amazon he hates his employees so, <laughs> you know, like you know he's trying to assert dominance you know i mean he's he's so far above his heralds even people you know like he looks at everything as like ants you know or food you know he's this is so far beneath him so you know i don't think galactus cares that's why he burns through him you know well i mean he i mean galactus does care a little bit if you remember from earth x the uh, series that came out in the 90s the whole reason why galactus has a herald is basically to warn the people of the planet that he's going to before he's about to eat it yeah but is that continuity it is to me mm -hmm. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, I'm sorry. Was, almost fell silent at that question. <laughs> See, I mean, nothing, none of that would have happened, though, in the Herald ordeal if he would have just, you know, chosen Dazzler. 
and and had her be like, <laughs> <laughs> had her be like, you know, I mean, I I don't know if you guys ever read that What If series, but it's like Dazzler decides to basically stay the Galactus Herald, and it shows her like defeating like Terex and like all that stuff. I mean, it's it's yeah, great, you know. Of course but, you would. Uh, yeah, of course. Like it's Dazzler, man. What was you the know, what but... was the Marvel team up where Aunt May became a Herald? What was she called? The, <laughs> the Goldie Oldie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh cool. man. Yeah, the Goldie oh. Goldie. Goldie. That should have been sorry, that, should have, that should have been your answer for last week for who you wanted to be in quarantine with. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> hey oh. Uh, cooking's on point. We don't know Aunt May can cook. <laughs> well, those are all all like really great choices, you know, listeners out there. If you want to get into something new, if you want to get into something old, there's a little bit of both out there for you. Um, you know, some great suggestions, you know, that that you can really get on the cheap. Like all these books are cheap. You know, they're not mega keys. They're not going to set you back if you want to, you know, snag them from your comic shop. Email them and tell them, hey, I need the Herald ordeal. That that it's really only like five to six issues long. Um, you know, so if you want to get any of those books, totally go and do it because they're, they're really great reads. Um, we kind of want to move into like some newer stuff though. Do you guys have any, you know, new books that you've been reading like lately or in the last couple of years that you really dig, you know, maybe these are books that, you know, um, are, are now coming out in trade form and, and some of our listeners that want to just go and grab those through Amazon because it's brand new. They wouldn't want to, they don't want to go way back into like, let's say superheroes or you know 1970s stuff they want to read something that came out recently yeah yeah i'll uh, i'll just i'll shoot from the hip on mine but this series has gotten a ton of praise so i'm not gonna be able to add a ton to it if you haven't read it already go read the immortal hulk i was so late on this one uh i basically i got under it because of matt's recommendation he wouldn't shut up about it it's like all right fine i'll go check it out and (laughs) I, i burned through the first four volumes uh in a day and then uh, luckily enough, volumes uh, five and six were coming to my LCS the next week, so I went and picked those up. Uh, series is absolutely incredible. Um, it's uh, it, it's probably the best Hulk story I've read uh, ever since Peter David stopped working on the title. Um, oh, Peter! Yeah, yeah oh, mm-hmm. Peter! So definitely it, it, go pick it up if you haven't. Uh, highly, highly recommended. Good, good pick. Yeah, that's a fantastic book. What do you got, Matt? Uh, I really liked um, some kind of oddball DC stuff that I feel like kind of got thrown under the bus the past year or so. The Lois Lane books and the Jimmy Olsen books. Uh, yeah. Actually, really fantastic reads. They're a mini series, so they're only 12 issues. So you can actually pick up the entire thing all at once. And they're just really well well written. And they're kind of outside the universe, but within it. So if you have a little trepidation about hopping back the superheroes say you've missed out on a couple years worth of books or you know all of a sudden you're just like oh god so much stuff these are great like great characters that get kind of getting their due so i I think the last uh lois lane and superman's pals jimmy olsen are really good pickups um yeah those are those are books that not a lot of people probably chance to and they barely should yeah and, and they're kind of unceremonious i mean the older books even still kind of go under the radar you know the old story even the old lois lane books and jimmy olsen books more happened in jimmy olsen than lois lane but sure. even the older you can you know those silver age books those are fantastic stuff you can pick well, up. i mean when you have a book that has don rickles on the cover 100 <laughs> percent. Like, so you know the historic <laughs> you know, historic historic don rickles book yeah so. the historic don rickles no that's that, that's a really great pick though i think you know 
you know, I think it's a good pick too for people who are just like, you know, maybe softly getting into some some other superhero comics as well. I mean, these are those are really fun books, and you know, again, a really cheap and easy book to find. So, yeah, and you know, you can again, you can pick up the trades really easy for it, and also, like you said, if you're just dipping your toe in it, you maybe you like the universe, but you don't really want to pick up like you know the five six, seven, eight bat titles, you know, or Superman titles. It just doesn't make any sense to you. These are self-contained. They barely have anything to do outside of the books, which is always kind of a nice plus for people who haven't really picked up books in a minute. And so, but you'll still get a lot of familiar characters that, you know, new characters that you haven't seen and some, you know, secondary characters that don't get a lot of love sometimes. So um, I think those are my choices for newer books that you can pick up right now. Needs more Don Rickles, but great, great suggestion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. my uh, my suggestion, you know, probably is going to dive a little bit more into the indie books. I mean, this is going to be an image title. And, and I'm sure that there's going to be listeners out there who's, that have already picked this up, that are already reading it. Um, but I have been super digging Gideon Falls. Um, you know, this has been a, a fantastic series by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. I, I mean, if you want to read something that's like just horror, supernatural elements, I mean, it, this is this is the book that you want to read. And this has been this book has been a significant success for for Image. I mean, um, you know, I know that this is a book that you know they've they've really you know, promoted a ton and, you know, it's, it's been fantastic, but the story is really great because what it does is it centers around sort of like a, a mystery connecting a Catholic priest that's sent to a small town and a recluse that's, you know, essentially obsessed with uncovering a conspiracy theory hidden in a, in the city's trash. And so the, you know, there's all kinds of sort of foreboding imagery in it. The art is absolutely fantastic the writing is fantastic um this is one of those books that i could totally see getting option for netflix or hbo or something like that because um maybe it already has maybe yeah maybe it already has yeah it's james wan i think james wan optioned it no kidding that's awesome yeah it's very episodic it's very much like a you know, you, it's like binge worthy. That's what it feels like. I, I guess it, it is. And, and you know, what's great about that is that like, I kind of do that with these books. Like um, I'll pick up like three or four, you know, Gideon Falls books, you know, in my poll and then I'll just read them all and because, but it sucks when you get to the end because you're like, oh, you know, yeah. but, um, but you're, I think you're right. I think I did. I do remember hearing something about how they signed a, um, uh, a deal with maybe Amazon or something like that. Something I can't uh, remember, but it, I, I believe James Wan is in. So I, I don't know where his streaming or his like deals are, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it'll be it's going to be great because it's great source material. Like I've only read the first uh, trade, so I've only I yeah. think there's four, three or four now, probably. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah, first I, one was really good. I, I remember. Um, I think I remember hearing something about that too. Yeah. About how, and I, for some reason I get, I got it mixed up with like some other image title, but I remember hearing something about how there was a multi-studio bidding war. And I think that applied to Gideon Falls. And again, it's just because the storytelling in this, like Matt said, it's so episodic. It's so just layered in, in horror and sci-fi and sort of paranormal, like, you know, kind of things. It's, it's just a great combination of science fiction, fantasy and horror that you really want to take a look at if you haven't yet. So yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I heard someone open a can. 
Yeah, that might have been me. <laughs> I was trying pod, to do it. Very the podcast soon. is going that bad. Yeah, like, I was like, and it's Coors Banquet. It is. I'm oh sorry. well, there you go. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm over 21. Yeah, yeah our, new, our, our new sponsor. Yeah, thanks, Coors. <laughs> you know, I so Gideon Falls sounds really awesome. I, I got to be honest, though, the the name kind of puts me off. Is that because like, of the character Gideon in the Marvel Universe? Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> Thank you. Can we talk uh, about the no. externals, please? <laughs> I am so sorry, listeners. I didn't uh, know yeah, it was well, going to be like this. There, there's one listener out there. His name's Kevin, who's very happy right now. Yeah. <laughs> but what is going up in flames already? <laughs> uh, he'll 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 listen to our, our our Gideon episode so long as we're talking about you know Feral and, and other people from you know X Force. Strife. Yeah, that's a, you know, Gideon's first appearance is uh, a very, very hot book. Oh, for, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you guys. Why, it's not because of Gideon. <laughs> like, it's not? No. Are you sure? That, no, there's no way. There's no, no way. <laughs> that's, uh, he's, he's got it on fire. Oh, man. Oh. All right. Well, that's a little bit of, you know, that, that's some of the comics that we wanted to bring you. Um, you know, again, new stuff, some old stuff, some story arc stuff, um, stuff for you guys to get your hands on, call your comic shop, you know, tell them what you want, tell them the issue numbers that you want. They're going to have them. They can do curbside. They can send them to you, you know, all those types of things. So make sure you're out there supporting your comics, uh, comic shops, you know, trying to get these back issues because right now those shops don't have anything new to sell. I mean, they're just waiting, you know, that's all they got. If you want something to read, like this is good stuff. And, and, And almost all of them will probably have something in their back issues and their bins that that you want or to the trades yeah trades, or the trades. Yeah. you know yeah. so so we're going to continue to talk a little bit about comics but we're going to kind of pivot a little bit and we're going to kind of go into the collector's realm you know because we we're hoping that some of you listeners out there are you know collectors that are trying to you know piecemeal together your dream run um you know maybe some things like that but we wanted to kind of start a segment that's sort of like a hot books wreck um you know, a segment where we're recommending like books to kind of keep your eye out for if you're out there digging through long boxes. Um, we're going to kind of shoot this over to Matt to start out with. What do you got? All right. So my first pick for this, and I, I love this. I, I I love speculating on books. It's a part of the collecting that I really like because thinking about what's going to be hot or what's new takes me back to like Wizards Top 10. I don't know if that, <laughs> yes. that, but you know, that was always like something that was really great. I always ran to read that because I wanted to see what was like, you know, really going on. We we are all from a very rural area. If uh, you know, for people that aren't in Idaho, which is all pretty much rural, but it was hard. You know, we didn't have too many shops or whatnot. So sometimes Wizard gave us like the the edge. You know, and you were kind of hoping to get that edge when you the shop. You know, you didn't want to miss out on the new X Men key or something. You know, so I don't know. Speculating kind of brings back that that fun portion of collecting where you can you know find first or origins or keys or things so i love this stuff but my yeah. pick is secret wars number three and so this is a book from the 80s early to mid 80s i believe it was 83 or 84 secret wars came out you guys remember what year it was i don't remember yeah somewhere around there yeah i'll and say 84 so, yeah and i believe it was jim's shooter and the mike zek a very underrated artist especially okay. yeah curious you know his name He's, I mean, you recognize his art, but a lot of people don't know him. they see it. So very famous Punisher runs and 
very very great stuff but um it's the first appearance of the second titania which is a really the only she-hulk villain really like there's not many she-hulk villains that are purely she-hulk or come up in a lot so ever since you brought this up prior to recording i've been sitting here trying to think about (laughs) she-hulk villains and it's just titania like there's like really is there's no other villain it's insane so with the show coming up i believe that our uh, through all this the the covid crisis that everybody's enduring you know we're going to see a lot more stuff coming up on disney plus this is where major films and major series and things are happening and it's kind of like the future so i think for speculation purposes that's a uh, that's going to be a big part of it and she hulk is probably going to be a more lighthearted you know uh, comedic effort so i think it'll be very popular but there's really no other villain or villainous so you know this is a really cheap book you can usually get it for like ten dollars or less i mean i've seen you know really great copies go for under you know a cgc graded copy went for like 50 bucks or something which for what could possibly turn out to be a major key could be a good turnaround but i mean for 10 bucks you spend that on like a latte so you know like you could probably pick up secret wars number three or you used to spend that on a latte back when there was civilization yeah when there were lattes so (laughs) but this is a great book i actually found the last time i visited the caster uh on here mr langloy zach i uh found this in a, a roadside shop actually in the dollar bin so i found a copy of it um a third copy i picked up for under five bucks so uh nice. thanks for using my last name too i hope people hit me up on facebook <laughs> and <laughs> every other place well uh, they don't know your real first name oh yeah that's, by true. Zach. that's <laughs> true um so i i looked up on a she-hulk fan page about her central rogues gallery because this is really bothering me these are according to <laughs> according to this random person these are the top five villains of She-Hulk. Uh, oh, man, let's to, hear it. Here, here you go. So number one, obviously Titania, right? Yeah. And it, you guys just make a bing noise with your mouth if any of these people sound familiar. Number two, Behemoth. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, number three, The Grappler. <laughs> <laughs> number that, guy, uh, that guy's definitely going to get a whole hell of a lot of bad tweets. Uh, he is not ready for the sjw crowd uh number four is nick trask and number five is ultima ultima sounds a little familiar i have no idea who the fuck any of those are outside of titanium so is 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 trask like a relation to bolivar no <laughs> was, it's not. I thought that, that was actually my like, next question. Yeah, or like, or like Ultima, maybe she related to Ultron or something, but no, they're completely unrelated characters. Nick wow. Trask is some random, uh, says it's some crime boss, and then Ultima is uh, not related. To, it's uh, literally this is what the bio says: uh, is the daughter of Jack Wardman, also known as the Word. Which again, I don't know who the hell that is. Man, now are these like based in California? Like these characters, because isn't that where she Hulk based? Yeah, I would assume so. I don't know. Let me look and see what the grapplers got on it. Like, why couldn't they just take like an established villain and just make that like one of her major villains? Like, just take Stiltman and give it to She Hulk. Like, why not? 
Yeah. Yeah, no, fuck. I mean, yeah, there, there, there's some, there's so many great Marvel that don't get used. I mean, there's like Eight Ball from Sleep Sleepwalker. He's not doing anything. Like he could go over to the Shield's universe. Dude, no Sleepwalker villains are doing anything. What are you talking about? You, oh man, dude, Bookworm. Do you guys remember Bookworm? Oh my god, what a uh, classic villain he was. Ding, ding. Well, move, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Zach's pick now. After. <laughs> <laughs> What's what, what do you got, yeah. Zach? For yeah, well, don't worry. It's not it's not the bookworm first appearance or <laughs> or the Silver Surfer annual that started Atlantis attacks. Um, so this is this is a series I kind of slipped on, but uh, I've been seeing a lot of the books uh, just creep up and up in value with all this talk of uh, the uh, was it the the fourth Thor movie now? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Jason era Aaron Thor God of Thunder run. Um, so that one, it's got uh, the biggest one. Uh, is the first appearance of Gore, the God Butcher. And there's all these rumors um, um, that, uh, you know, the, the oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? He played, uh, he's an American Christian psycho. Bell. Christian, Christian Bell, thank you. I yeah, blank on that shit. So he's cast in the movie, right? But nobody knows the villain he's going to be, uh, but there's some rumors that it's going to be Gore. So that whole Corvette. series, <laughs> I hope it's Korvac, dude. I would love to see Korvac in there. We're but not looking enough for that. Yeah, it's probably not. He's not going to be better. Like, they're not going to hire... Uh, they're not going to hire him to play like better a bill or something like this is going to require a lot of prosthetics. Like they're going to want to show off his face the entire fucking movie. So probably be gore. Uh, and it's also got the first appearance of Dario Agger, who's uh, the CEO of Roxxon, which I love because it's so close to Roxoff, which I wish was the name of the actual company, but it's not. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, so it's got him and, you know, Roxxon is a huge player in the Marvel you currently it's going to be built up more i've seen them creeping around in immortal hulk and they're probably gonna be popping up during the empire saga so uh, pretty much the whole thor god of thunder run if you can find yeah. them for relatively cheap just grab them up while you can but chances are at this point they're going to set you back at least probably five to ten bucks pop um and then for number six um where you got like the first null the symbiote god that one i mean on the, the low end you're looking at 20 bucks there so yeah that's a little bit more expensive that's a great that's a great book though yeah, those yeah. Are, that's a great run for speculation purposes, not only just for what you talked about, like film, but also just like actual comic purposes. You know, there's a lot of like new characters, new things, and yeah, everything's kind of like bleeding into other runs that are happening with those. So kind of a it was kind of like a undervalued for a minute until everything kind of popped off, you know, especially with, you know, anything related to Venom. Yeah, anything related to Venom is going to go up, so no that's a really good pick um you know i think uh i got a couple books um these are going to set you back a little bit more um but if you're you know you have money to burn you got it's burning a hole in your pocket and you want to grab some keys um these could be relatively affordable for you depending on what grade you want to get them at hulk 181 (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) yes so hulk 181 i don't know if you guys have heard of um (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, these are books that are going to be, you know, that have, you know, a first appearance of a character that's going to be coming out um, in this next phase that we were kind of talking about in the last episode of this phase four with the Eternals. And uh, the books that I kind of wanted to mention really quickly are Avengers 47 and 48. And this is the first appearance of Dane Whitman, who appears as Black Knight uh, for the first time in Avengers 48. Wing. Yeah, so you know, this is a character. I mean, I don't, Zach, you, you could probably weigh in on this. I mean, yeah. I always thought Black Knight was cool, but oh, really? You know, he, 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 I know I'm like one of, the, but like because he had like a lightsaber when I was reading Operation Galactic Storm. But like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of respect in the Marvel universe, right? 
No, yeah, no, he's, uh, by and large, like, he, he didn't really do a whole lot in his Avengers run. Um, you know, he hasn't and, done anything ever. Like, let's be real here. Yeah. This is a great pick. This is a great, great pick. But Black Knight has been an underutilized character. I, I would ever. agree with you up until the Captain Britain in the MI-13 saga. He uh, was he was actually good then. Uh, oh, that's you know, a great series. It that's is. That's a great series. Yeah, they fought fucking Dracula. Like, there's a lot of good stuff went on during that series, and he was actually like kind of relevant uh, and did stuff unlike him during the Avengers run. <laughs> For like 20 years, they didn't do anything with Black Knight. Really, that was right. great, in my opinion. I mean, there. I'm sure there's apologists, but I mean, oh, there's going to be that one Black Knight fan that's going to be like tweeting us like a storm. How dare you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but well, it's, it, uh, I mean, it, that's a good book pick. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I think that, you know, I, the, the interesting thing about it, though, is that I think, you know, because if we if you look at Avengers 47, I mean, um, that's just the first appearance of of really Dane Whitman. I mean, he, he doesn't really appear as Black Knight until 48. And, you know, I would say that, like, if you, if people like really get into Black Knight, you know, if this movie really depicts him, if he becomes like the next Star Lord or Rocket Raccoon, let's say. Um, and who's who, who's playing him? Isn't it uh, Jon Snow? Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. I mean, if you look at Avengers 48, I mean, it's the, right on the cover. You have Black Knight. He's you know riding his you know Pegasus, whatever. I mean, it's it's pretty it's a pretty sick cover. And yeah. that book, I think, has the potential to actually supersede the value of 47, which is a little bit more of a spendy book because it's the first appearance of Dane Whitman. But um, so keep your eye on those. Again, they can be affordable if you want to spend a little bit more, and they're really great books to to potentially pick up right now with Eternals coming out maybe next year. Yeah. And yeah, to bring this are, full circle. Uh, oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say you can still find some of those pretty cheap like you said, like I mean in terms like yes, the, their books have blown up. They used to be like for high grade copies it's like 25 to 50 bucks, you know. Now you're looking at way higher, but if you find copies in the wild or you can even get raw if you have a good enough eye you can win auctions of the raws for pretty pretty easy so yeah you know that's that's a great great pick to yeah. look out for yeah. you don't hire kit harrington to be filler you know what right. i mean he's not yeah, like he's, he's gonna be, gonna be secondary the guy characters. um all i was gonna say which is <laughs> way less important than what matt just said is uh you remember when he went to the ultraverse <laughs> in the malibu comics area i think it was him and uh like crystal or cersei <laughs> anyway. i actually i actually don't remember yeah yeah no he I, went over he went over to uh he led ultra force for a while that's the uh, what was that mid 90s that had to be mid 90s oh that's that sounds absolutely amazing yeah yeah so i mean he yeah. has done something oh does thanks. that, does that really count, i stand though? corrected he, he just <laughs> well no he all he has to do is either go to a new country where there's shittier heroes or go to a different universe where there's shittier heroes and he can uh. stand out but you stick him next to Captain America, Hawkeye, and Iron Man. I mean, he's just going to stand there. Well, like so him. how is he? How how is it that he hasn't joined Youngblood? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and not to be that guy, but to correct, this is actually the Silver Age appearance of Black Knight. Sure, sure, sure. The original yep. yeah. isn't the yep. original. If you somehow accidentally purchase the old Black Knight uh, Golden Age, then you've one spent way too much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and please don't tweet us or get at us because you picked up Black Knight, you know, four thousand dollars. Well, but, yeah, yeah. This is the second <laughs> appearance of the Black Knight, so you know. 
That's a really good clarification. With that, we're <laughs> going to kind of move into talking a little bit about, you know, again, we're all sitting here, we're bored, we need something to stream, something to watch, man. Um, and, you know, I know everyone here in the cast and, and probably a ton of you out there have watched The Mandalorian. Now we've been kind of covering, like we've been kind of looking at news, you know, articles that have been coming out and we've kind of seen some new stuff about some new castings. Uh, what do you guys think? I think David Filoni is a genius because he basically just was like, sure, <laughs> you know, like do it. Like, uh, you know, Ahsoka Tano is a super, super popular character, like, and strangely underutilized outside of the Clone Wars, you know, even in the comic books and such, they haven't, they still haven't done anything really. And so, or not enough. And it's a great fan service that they casted. You know, that's, that's insane because that's what circulated forever. And, you know, basically for once they kind of like went ahead and listened to what the fans had to say. Yeah. You know, (laughs) picked up the, picked up the fan favorite. So that's, it's good fan service. How that plays out, I don't know. I never really saw her as Ahsoka Tano because, um, yeah. I mean, maybe that's because in the Clone Wars she's like a teenager for like seven years, you know. So it's weird to think of like a forty-year-old, you know, woman playing Ahsoka Tano. But sure, you know, sure. Of course, she's going to be the older curmudgeon version, old man. T- well, I mean, she's got to be better than Linda Carter, right? I mean, let's I be mean, honest here. Sure. <laughs> Sure, you know. I sure. mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty stoked. I think you're. I t- would agree with you, and and I, you know, can heap praise on Dave Filoni like for the entirety of the cast. I mean, he is a genius. He understands the universe. He understands the characters. He understands their motivations. He understands what I think the fans want um, as well. And I really have high hopes for for this. And, and you know, I I, I don't want to get my hopes up too far. You know, because you know we've all seen the Last Jedi, but um, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but I, I I definitely think it's a great casting. Um, I think she she's going to do a fine job, and um, I'm stoked to see kind of the other characters that are going to be, you know, maybe explored a little more in in season two, especially as well. Like, you know, are we going to see more of um, you know, Giancarlo Esposito, I think that's his name. Um, Gus Fring, oh, basically, as you all know. Yep. Chicken um, Man. Yeah, we got to yeah. get the Chicken Man in there. Yep. Got to get Chicken Man in there. Um, God, do you remember his name? I I, I want to uh, say Moff, um, Moff Gideon. Moff Another Gideon. Gideon. Another Gideon. What's the, what's yeah. going on? The Gideon episode. It is the Gideon episode. So at the end of like, you know, maybe four or five episodes, we'll have like a super team of characters. So right now we got Eunice and Gideon. So. Gideon. Oh. <laughs> This isn't a super team at all. <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? Like robotic wheezing. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, struggling to suppress the tears. Um, do you have any like movie or streaming options that are out there? Look, just that? Real quick on the Mandalorian. I hope at some point in season two, we get to see uh, Warner Herzog coming back as a droid. <laughs> like a, a general grievous Herzog would be fucking awesome. Uh, the the only thing that I've got is on Hulu. Um, I love shitty horror movies, and they've got this whole mess of shitty horror movies on Hulu. It's this Into the Dark series. Um, so they're all Blumhouse movies. So like they're all like really cheap. They could probably be all like Outer Limits episode, but they stretch them like an extra thirty minutes to make them a quote unquote movie. 
so if you go check it out under Hulu, uh, they I think there's about 16 of these horror movies they made just for Hulu, and they cover a wide variety from like possessed dolls to like spirit spirits like rampaging through their woods and all but they're, but they're all incredibly shitty but you got to watch them just because they're they're, they're, they're funny and you're like you know we're trying to fill the day here uh you know and uh i, I made it through half of them and i haven't found a good one yet so. <laughs> well i mean i think those are probably good options like you said we're all trying to get you know through the day here we're all trying to find stuff to do you know and at some point you know maybe you don't want to watch something maybe you don't want to read something maybe you want to play a game um you know everyone has like tabletop games if you're in seclusion like with you know a, your family or you know maybe your roommate or some friends or something like that you know playing some games is a really good way to pass the time um you know matt actually operates a business called exalted funeral that actually has a ton of awesome games um that are perfect for you in your isolation mode what can you tell us about that matt Oh my god! Without this sounding like just like a commercial for Exalted Funeral, <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna edit in like all the music. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know we have like a wide gambit of weird independent stuff. It's all indie game, all indie book. You know, it's all pretty fringe stuff. It's so if you're a complete weirdo, it's a <laughs> great place to come down and get some weirdo stuff to do. You know, we got. You know, without sounding like Cheech and uh, from Dustal Dawn, I'm like, we got board games, we got tabletop games, we got, <laughs> you know, we got heavy metal, we got horror, you know. So all of it, you know, we kind of run the gauntlet of just like sleaze. So, you know, you can come down and get some weird stuff. But, you know, I mean, there's so many good games that you could get right now. Even, you know, depending on if you're by yourself, we have solo games that you could play. You know, which yeah. has greatly, you know, you I've had plenty of people message me and say, thank you for this, because, you know, they've been dealing with so much. And if you're by yourself, you know, what do you do other than getting stuck in the terrifying Facebook echo chamber? Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. You know, or stuck on Hulu that, watching like a random shitty horror movies, shitty yeah. horror films. Yeah. Bloomhouse, <laughs> you know, so you could actually take the time to play a game, you know, there's and if you're just with a couple people, there's a ton of great boys such out there even again tabletop games where you you know play together and pass the time and just try to you know get yourself through it without having to read every five seconds about something horrible you know so totally uh, come check it out you know no that's a, that's a super super good suggestion you know again you guys got you, you got to get over there and check out this stuff i mean there's so many cool things in that store so many cool things that are going to be able to you know help you pass the time take your mind off of just the, the the shitty reality that we have right now um so definitely definitely check it out matt's going to share exactly where he can find uh or where you can find all of his stuff here at the end of the cast but before we wrap up we want to kind of uh do another question of the week um, or question of the episode. I guess it's not necessarily question of the week, but uh, so you know, I, we we kind of struggled to figure out what kind of question we wanted to ask. But if you can, because we're talking about movies, we're talking about film, we're talking about actors that are assuming these characters like Osaka Tano and all these people that we grew up loving. But if you had to, if there was a comic property, I guess that hasn't been adapted that you would want adapted, who would you want to play that central character, and what property would that be? What do you think, Zach? Okay, it's always me first. It's okay. always you first. It's always me. okay. So I was thinking about this. 
And when I initially thought of this idea, it was uh, at first it was just kind of like lol worthy, you know. I thought it'd be funny, but uh, <laughs> I think this would actually be good for redemption for the starring character. So I want to make a planetary movie. Okay. Wow. Okay. A planetary movie with George Clooney as Elijah Snow, Chris O'Donnell as the drummer, and Alicia Silverstone as Jaquita <laughs> Wagner. Wait, wait, go back. Are we supposed to time travel? Is this supposed to be like was this being made in 2002? This is, no, no. Joel, Joel Schumacher is like, <laughs> no, Joel, he's not directing it, but those three are starring in it basically is their way because Planetary is really a giant love letter to all different ages of comics and all different sorts of media, right? Sure. So this is George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, and Alicia Silverstone's basically redemption to say, hey, we're sorry about Batman and Robin. We'll do a good job starring in Planetary. And, uh, you know, and I think they would fit. I mean, outside of Alicia Silverstone, she'd have to, like, muscle up a little bit to be Chiquita Wagner. And uh, I don't even know if Chris O'Donnell's still alive, actually, now that <laughs> I think about it. But if he is, he would make an excellent drummer. Chris, if you're out there. Yeah, Chris, uh, shoot me a DM <laughs> if you're alive, bro. Thinking, thinking the best about you. <laughs> We're worried. Yeah. Now, and, and again, I guess that doubles also, again, fantastic um, thing that you could read, you know, while you're in seclusion. Go check out the Planetary Omnibus if oh, you have it. Dude, I mean, Warren Ellis, John Cassidy. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's not even it, it. It's it doesn't even feel like I'm I'm reading a book most of the time when I'm reading through that series. It's like um, like in there living it. Like the way that John Cassidy like draws everything. It's just it's so cinematic and so beautiful and just it captures all sorts of different. Uh, it's it's just it's hard to really describe the feeling I get from reading that book outside of I feel fully immersed into the universe as everything's going down in there. Probably the same feeling that you have for Chris O'Donnell. Well, if he's alive, then yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> oh my uh, god, what, what do you what do you got, Matt? Okay, mine's going to be sort of a cop out answer. I would love to see like a, a Dial H for Hero, in, uh, like a television format not necessarily a movie but you know something episodic and something that every single time has a different actor or different different person um, but matt what style h for hero oh here we nobody go nobody reads DC <laughs> anymore <laughs> yeah zach was into preface joke because zach just he broke his own rule about doing inside jokes i means <laughs> on bidding on some comic books on an instagram feed and Instagram Live, and I got shit because I was like, "Can I get the Silver Age first appearance of?" And they're like, "What are you talking about? That's not a Marvel book. Nobody wants." It. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, but my heart." And Zach was like, uh, "He was like, LOL at the bottom and thing, like loser." And I was like, <laughs> "Anyway, Dial H for Hero is crazy because you you basically get the magic." Uh, phone booth uh, for kids out there you used to have to call from a phone booth and so what happens is is someone files h for hero on on the pad and they get turned into a random superhero or have random powers and usually in some sort of like i it used to just be comedic and cheesy but later on it was you know all sorts of different things and how people handled it and what they did with the superpowers whether they were heroes or villains or yeah and so um, it's just a really one dial H for Hero is a super cool concept. I don't know how it's not already something that's been in the works. I mean, I do know why DC sucks at making everything. There well, so, I mean, they, they've actually they've they've been <laughs> they've been published um, a dial H for Hero book. I actually haven't read any of them. It's uh, great. 
Is it really? <laughs> yeah, it's really good. That was that was almost that almost replaced the Lois Lane Jimmy Olsen uh-huh. wreck I had because it's kind of in that same tier where <laughs> just tears. Um, it's weird DC books that just like you know I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like Marvel has all their weird secondary characters which are people know and are fun. You know, like people are like, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, that's cute. You know, people are like sure. Charlie Hero, that's Lane. Um, so, but it's a very cool concept. It's a very cool book. And usually the writers that end up doing it love it. So they really put a lot of passion into it because no one else loves it. Um, Uh, yeah, I would, I would really love that. And also it just create, like, you could do so much with it. I, I love old episodic TV shows, especially, you know, Tales from the Crypt that was different every week. You could have a different celebrity every week. You could have a you know, actor in it. You could give different powers. You could have anybody show up in the DC universe. You could have, you know, I mean, you could have Doctor Fate show up, Ambush Book. Totally. You know, and those left. are those are those are books actually too. Like I, I mean, if you guys want to get some of those books, I mean, there's the new titles that you can get, and they're actually really fun. But there's also, I mean, you can buy the classic books for pretty cheap. I mean, those books that were coming out even in the Bronze Age or you know adventure comics like featuring dial h for hero those are pretty cheap you can still get those yeah, yeah. That, the the series of the i think it was like 2002 or whichever one came out because uh, they, they revamped dial h back in the early 2000s yeah 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 and yeah. i remember or it wasn't called dial h what was it called like hero or uh, h or something like that i think or, it was just h yeah yeah, I remember reading that, and uh, I really liked the concept and a lot of the execution. All, all I remember is one issue in particular, something about a, a caveman could fly, and he ended up on the fucking moon or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah. heartfelt issue there. But no, it's, it's a great series, man. That, that was uh, New 52, right? And then Dial H? Uh, it was like right before it, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. You're talking, he's talking about the 2003 series. Oh, like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool, because I believe, guy that wrote fables will pfeiffer i believe if that's how you say his last name or you say his name uh yeah and it was one of his bigger like after he got off to you know the the uh indie books so to speak uh he got it he did dial h for hero and so it's very very cool um uh, that, oh yeah that yeah i i think i never read that book that, that uh i don't think i ever read any of those yeah, there's a serial killer that gets it in one, like I believe that's a that same series, which is really cool. Interesting to see, like it's just cool what, what people do with it. But there yep. is the U52 one also, um, and that one was um, God is I can't remember the dude's name, but um, he uh, he wrote uh, Perdido Street Station. What's that dude's uh, name? There? Okay. Uh, uh, man, I can't remember that guy's name. China. Something. Something. Yeah, he wrote that and it was really cool. Like, but it's just a super, super underused book and concept always. I don't know why. And again, like they're cheap, you know, they're cheap books. You need something to read, grab some of these books. I mean, yeah, for real. Pretty awesome. And and that's a good pick too, because you could have a, you know, you could run the gamut for all kinds of like celebrity. You said people that would be appearing in a show like that. So, yeah, Um, I think like mine is going to be quick and simple and um and comedic and one of my characters one of my favorite characters ever <laughs> in the <DC> universe <laughs> you're like Hur. one of my favorite characters ever in the DC universe is dead man but i'd like oh, to see yeah. a comedic spin on dead man starring john lovitz so that's john lovitz <laughs> as dead man yes oh 
<laughs> no, that's an awesome pick. I, I, one, I didn't expect that to be the cast. Two, I would love to see John Lovitz in that. Yeah, I mean, come on, can you think about John Lovitz with that? Yeah, amazing. So. Or, or John Lovitz as Gentleman Ghost. <laughs> yeah, the Gentleman Ghost. <laughs> or just like four John Lovitz's as Challengers of the. Care. I just want John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So awesome. Maybe we could well, get John Lovitz reimagines the DC universe. <laughs> All characters just spun off of like some variation of John Lovitz. I would be okay Hon- with that. Yeah, honestly, this is the best editorial like what if I've ever heard. You should apply. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for 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 joining me on this cast. Um, again, thanks to all the fans. Uh, that are hopefully listening, you know, as we kind of push these out and and hopefully get, you know, more and more listeners. And uh, again, we're going to uh, probably in the next episode or two, we're going to also be running some contests and prizes that you're going to be able to win from Turbo Comics, from Exalted Funeral. Um, you know, so definitely keep your your ears listening to, to our cast because we're going to have some fun giving giveaways there. Um, you know, I guess we're going to kind of go around the, the circle here and where can we find you, Zach? Oh, so if you want to find me, uh, just rewind a little bit earlier in the podcast and listen for my last name that Matt threw out there. You can just look me up that way. <laughs> or you can look me up on Instagram, uh, Paper Abyss Comics. Uh, nothing really too crazy there. I just post some of my favorite books from my uh, personal collection there. So that's uh, Paper Abyss Comics. Perfect. What about you, Matt? Uh, same thing. You can find me under Zach Lynn. Facebook. <laughs> 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 uh, no, you you can. Uh, <laughs> he's going to edit it out, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Gonna, beep. Yeah, thank <laughs> you, Matt beep, Kelly. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> beep. Uh, <laughs> no, you can find me at uh, Exalted Funeral. Everything that's I'm on all that everything. Uh, every social media ever, sadly. But um, I also run um, Cosmic Skull Comics, which is another just like Instagram personal blog journey and. You know, just kind of like showcasing the stuff I've gotten recently. You know, the books that I keep procuring and stacking in a little pile. So, you know, check Sweet. it out. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Well, again, this is a show that's brought to you also again by Turbo Comics. You can find Turbo Comics on Facebook. You can find Turbo Comics on Instagram. That's at Turbo Comics ID. You can also find Turbo Comics on Instagram. That's at Turbo Comics. Uh, but we also really want you guys to check out our new podcast Twitter. That's at Turbo Comics Cast. That's at Turbo Comics Cast, the Turbo Comics podcast for us and for all of our content and for all of our feedback. So, you know, tweet at us, tell us how much we suck, tell us how much, you know, you love Gideon and that, you know, yeah. Zach is a piece of shit for bashing yeah. on him. You know, I mean, definitely sure. get us tell, your tell us about She Hulk's real villains. Yes. Or, yeah. What, yeah. or what villains you would like to see She Hulk fight, you know? So awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned. Three, it's coming at you real soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.